Welcome to World Building Live. World Building Live is a bi-weekly meetup of the Mastermind Adventures Professional Dungeon Masters, led by Ali Salentic, Master of Lore, Game Designer, and Head Writer. Each series, the team works together to create a full world that can be used as a homebrew setting for any campaign. They invite the audience to join them in that endeavor. Join us live on Monday nights on the Mastermind Adventures Discord server to participate in any of these sessions. The link can be found in the description. So hello, everybody who's listening. Um, we are uh, welcome to World Building Live. Uh, this is our fifth session uh, building out this world uh, that is full of trees and uh, crazy druids and a whole bunch of other things. Um, uh, so um, uh, introductions are probably first on here. So um, I'm Allie. I am the Master of Lore for Mastermind Adventures. Um, who wants to go next? Hi, I'm John Progeum oh, John. with Mastermind Adventures. Yes. Uh, I guess I guess I'll go next. Yes. Uh, I am Tom. I am a IT specialist for Mastermind Adventures, and I have been uh, gaming and role playing for the better part of about 18, 20 years, depending <laughs> on when you start counting. Um, and yeah. Oh, I also and, uh, have the I... dubious honor of running the game that Ali plays in every Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to mention because, you know, you're the one running this. So that gives me a bit. Cool. And I am Brian. I am a play-by-post dungeon. I think your microphone just got disconnected for a second there. Yeah. Oh, that's static. Hello. Oh, there we go. Hello. Yeah, it sounds like your aux cable's now all the way in. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, awesome. No uh, I, I am Brian. I am a play-by-post dungeon master for Mastermind and a consummate world builder. I can't stop doing it. I need help. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all that's, need help. That's, that's why, why we're, we're here. here. Yeah. This is our support group. You're, this yes. is a safe space. Hi, my name is Brian, and I'm a world builder. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. So uh, this week, we're working on our like last few details. We need to finish up this world. So... We're going to talk about quests and story seeds. Um, we're going to talk about uh, like politics and systems of culture and government. Um, we're going to talk about some like weird stuff out there in the world. Um, and then we're going to brainstorm some names for this world and maybe uh, some of the other places in the world that we haven't like really nailed down names for. Um, so yeah, so uh, so that's that's what we're doing um, before. Uh, before we go on, uh, a couple of minor announcements. Um, so our next session of this is going to be a lightning round, uh, which is a one-shot kind of uh, self-contained episode where we build a world or a kingdom or a city or a place all in one uh, session. Um, it's going to take place on February 21st, which is three weeks away, not our usual two weeks away, um, because Valentine's Day is two weeks away. And I don't think that anyone wants to spend their Valentine's Day sitting around with some nerds talking about worlds. So, I mean, speak for yourself. But, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, like Honestly, we're, we're no. gonna Tom and I will do that on our own Valentine's Day day yeah. because we're nerds. But like, yeah. depressing you know, for some, but plans. awesome for others. Yeah, exactly. Um, everyone probably has plans, so I figure we'll push it out a week. Um, it'll give me some time to kind of put together uh, like a short PDF on this world and get that out there. Um, 
so, and after that, uh, we're going to go back to our regular every uh, every other week um, world building. We're going to do another five session, um, big long form world building uh, thing. And um, uh, if if anyone, I'm going to say this again at the end, but if anyone has any ideas about um, what you'd like to see us build or have some like creative jumping off points for us to go with. Um, this world was kind of created wholesale from a single roll on a table where we got trees as the main world, like a forest. So um, it can be as small as that or as big as something else. Um, so yeah, so uh, let's get into it. Uh, before we get um, started, I see that Ace yes. the DM over there has his hand up. I did. I did invite him to speak. Yeah, we've yeah, I've invited him to I speak too. Too. Okay, so he's there. All right. Um, Bye. We see you, Stacy. Come join us when you can. Um, so, uh, what do we want to start with? Do we want to start with um, with some like quests? Do we want to leave that till later? Do we want to start with politics? Um, I think maybe politics might be a good place to start. Um, I'm always a sucker for politics. Yeah, right. just to kind of that way, I feel like they might. Um, it it might be a good like thing to go from politics into like, you know, weird stuff and then quests, um, and then I think finally we'll name we'll name everything. So politics first. Um, anyone want to go first, or is it being left to me as the 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 host? <laughs> well, I have a sort of jumping off point. Yeah. So I had this picture of like you know the halflings are on their their floating communities you know the mm -hmm. on like in their balloons all the time right yeah so part of their culture you know like halflings used to live you know in they used to live like halflings they used to have small communities like like the Shire you know they would they had a big tradition of hospitality and everything but now that they're pretty much nomads right. So halflings bring a gift to every place they stop. Um, it could be anything like from a worthless trinket to an elaborate piece of art or cool tools or whatever. Uh, and it comes from their, their old traditions of like, hey, you need to bring a gift to your host. And they feel that they're both guests and hosts everywhere they stop since they bring their homes with them now. So when they embark upon their journeys, they, they have to like lose something to get off the ground, you know, like lose ballast. So they... Mm -hmm. They make sure to leave an impression upon their hosts wherever they go. And because they travel around so much, they're, bit, they're like a big avenue for news being spread throughout the entire world. Mm -hmm. And they give their hosts a choice of like something to emphasize for them and something to keep a secret that they discovered while they were there. Like if their statecraft is pretty much secrets and news, like what should be put out there and what should not. Oh, I love that. That's awesome because, like, the I love the idea of, um, like, part of it is that they're just being nice and like bringing gifts to their to the people that they see, and part of it is that they need to unload stuff so their balloon will fly. Yeah, they, I, they need to have strings tied to all these places. You know, be like uh, they load up like just a bunch of like gold and gems as their ballast, and just throw it overboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the, these people down. are. They're halflings still, you know, like wherever they, they land, they're probably going to be super curious and just into everything. Like the, oh, yeah. like the weirdest family house guests you could possibly have. And they, they get into all sorts of stuff and discover all sorts of things. And part of their statecraft is that they know a little bit of something about everybody. And they can give you the choice, like, do you want us to tell people this or no? 
And <laughs> that's how they have strings attached to like almost every place they go, you know, from the elves to the humans to the dwarves to turtles, whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love it. Um, anyone else uh, yeah, have anything cool. to, to add in? Uh, probably. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm yeah. I'm, I missed the last session, so I'm, I'm, and I haven't had a chance to catch up on the the, the oh, video. Oh yeah, yet, no so worries. I'm a little bit out of it, but I'm trying to catch up and get back into the mindset. Oh so. yeah, no problem. You can we can, you can wait till later. That's fine. Sure. Um, sure. I I have uh, like two little things kind of about politics. Um, uh, one is about the elves because I am a a basic gamer and really love elves in general. Um, so, um, so I kind of thought that the elves would live in these, um, because I picture elves as being very like scattered. Um, they live in like smaller, uh, kind of culture groups, um, because every, like everyone kind of needs their services, their, their, you know, kind of, um, funerary and, and burial services that they've kind of given themselves as their job in this world. Um, so I think that they live in like smaller enclaves that are kind of like, scattered all over the place they don't really have big cities anymore there's some that are like the ruins of some cities are still there on the ground but um they don't really live in those big enormous like kind of cosmopolitan areas that you kind of see most elves living in in more, like more normal fantasies um so uh so they kind of live in like smaller enclaves that are kind of all tied together um and i kind of pictured them having like a almost like a um like a council ship as like their kind of leaders. Um, so uh, they have three leaders that are kind of, um, they're not elected or, and it's not a hereditary role. It's more of, um, they're like the most skilled. It's like a meritocracy. Um, so the head is their lead mortician slash doctor slash um, scientist. Um, they're the ones who have like the encyclopedic knowledge of anatomy of like many different races. They um, know medicine they know um, they're like the ones that prepare the bodies and that kind of stuff um, the heart is the spiritual leader they're the ones who like officiate the funerals and other ceremonies they're like kind of the the wise people of the community um, and then the hand is uh, the like leader of the scouts or the warriors um, they basically keep everyone in their enclave safe they guard against monsters they train guards and couriers um, and together the three of them basically make up like their leadership, uh, of each area. Um, so they all collaborate on decisions, but each has a perspective on their community that the other doesn't have. So, um, it helps them find the best solution. And they always, um, there's like kind of a, a, a every couple of years, there's like a, um, everyone comes together and, uh, talks about, um, what, uh, like who who should be the next leader and who should um, if any of the leaders should step down because they're feeling like they want to retire they're getting older you know their their warrior leader can't fight as well so he's going to nominate someone to come up in there uh, to take his place um, so uh, so there's a lot of debate that goes on between them um, some have very strong opinions about certain things and others don't um, so debate really isn't uncommon, but it's really rare for an issue to be unresolved for a long time because um, they're like kind of committed to working together to give their community the best possible chance. Um, 
so yeah, so that was what I came up with for um, L's. And then I kind of, uh, I was looking over the map and looking at some places where um, we hadn't really kind of talked too much about uh, what was there and how that goes on. So I was thinking about the Firewatch um, because I love the idea of a bunch of goblin uh, firefighters basically uh, watching the the edge of the fields of fire and making sure that nothing goes out of control. Um, so I kind of thought of them as like uh, like a modern Firewatch, like park rangers, firefighters, or even kind of like Boy Scouts um uh they're based on a hierarchy of like training and experience um so you've got like kind of the 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 head scout who is the guy in charge of the whole fire watch um they travel from uh like outpost to outpost making sure that everything's up to up to speed um kind of a little bit of like the night's watch from game of thrones in there as well um maybe not that they're all criminals but it's you know it's a a little bit of a dangerous job anyway um and uh, so people who want to join have to go through like a period of training. They learn how to spot problems, how to fight fires, how to travel in the fields of fire. Because I imagine that the fields of fire are not always entirely full of fire. It's kind of a, a waxing and waning thing where certain areas will burn up and then just kind of be left to ash for the trees to regrow and then uh, get caught again. So um, it's still dangerous to travel in there, but it's not like, uh, an entirely um, impossible place for someone to, to exist. Um, they stick to, they mostly stick to areas that are kind of burnt out when they're going out ranging, but uh, in emergencies, like they've got uh, gear that's like specially fireproofed um, either via like magic or um, some sort of like, uh, uh, like natural fireproofing kind of uh, situation, be it like a, a magical source or um, just like, building up their own um like scientific fireproofing there's things like that that can happen i can um, see conjurers with um like conjure water elemental well yeah exactly a lot of a lot of them are trained to create water or cold to kind of shepherd the flame and keep it away from the areas that need to be kept away from um they guide people through uh the fields if they need to kind of travel in there um i imagine that they're also kind of constantly on the watch out for necromancers and uh, people who would kind of use that to for ill. Yeah, I was kind um, of wondering about that. Like, what kind of tone are you going for with the Firewatch? Like, I I was kind of imagining a, a secret police force for the Firewatch that um, keeps an eye on, I don't know, pyromancers, necromancers, like rogue magicians, or maybe control the spread of dangerous knowledge. Like, yeah. Nobody Definitely. nobody like, actually will admit to it, but the Firewatch oh, so has like, like a yeah, has like, like a secret agents. police that will come yeah. and, and take care of your mage problem. <laughs> Ooh, I like that too. Um yeah, like I was kind of I was thinking of it. Yeah, more I definitely like see a... them. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I could definitely see them being like the a good group of spy masters and you know, they're always trying to get a word in on the, the councils, but Nobody ever really seems to listen to them because they're on the fringes. So yeah. <laughs> they just kind of take it upon themselves to uh, to insert themselves where they can. Yeah, I actually, I, I really like that. I was thinking of them a little bit like like Boy Scouts, like they have badges to prove like the places that they've survived and like what their like kind of level in the in the thing is. But I kind of also like the idea of them being like a like a like a secret defenders of the world, uh, making sure that everyone else is safe at the cost of their own um glory as it were yeah the unthanked yeah i kind of imagine them the whole world 
a little uh, less more cheery too. Because I imagine like like real Firewatch people, there's a kind of camaraderie between them because there's not like there's only a specific kind of person who will do this job because it can get very boring and very isolating. Mm-hmm. So kind of like truckers, I imagine very like kind of a, a, a very strong community builds builds up from that group. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I think that they've got a lot of like kind of secret rituals that may not entirely be like, oh, this will help stop the fire, but it's more of like a team building kind of thing where, you know, they've got to be able to trust each other when they're out there in the, in this dangerous area that, pretty much no one else can go in and um the fact that we were kind of talking about the firewatch being mostly like goblins and maybe some of the um like kind of the the classically distrusted races of um of fantasy because they're kind of set up to be um you know kind of the the first line of defense um so i can kind of also see that idea of them being kind of like like the secret defenders and everyone's kind of just like oh they're just goblins like they just live there because it's the only place they could figure out how to live but in fact they're actually like helping it i think that would also be kind of like cool. i could for them too i could kind of see it like oh um kind of like a boarding school like don't make me send you to the fire watch yeah oh yeah like like, like for mm-hmm. I, I could see it's like military somebody school like wear, exactly like wearing the scars of the fire watch as a badge of honor like if some if somebody has has like a debt to repay or <clears throat> yeah I don't I don't want to go I don't want to just go with their there's a whole bunch of criminals but I could see like there being like a selected group of you know output individuals yeah well like kind of like I was saying a little it's got a little bit of a touch of like the Night's Watch where it's like these people have yeah. nowhere else to go and like this is where they can regain their honor like they may have lost it but now like they can they can like be useful to to the world as as a whole Um, i i could probably say also that like um or i I would want to say as well that uh if if there are also a lot of like distrusted races like goblins that gnolls maybe yeah i was thinking like lizard folk Um, gnolls is another great one yeah but yeah uh then absolutely probably in the the deciduous forest nearby there's probably a collection of people who are like oh like you know you better behave otherwise the fire watch will come out here and kidnap you in order to like make you serve them as well yeah yeah yeah. so they're probably not all just like oh yeah like there there are like you know fire like uh, i almost said fire (laughs) watches like night's watch like Mm -hmm. um you know they're, they're not all like you know rumors of like oh yeah like you know if you go over there like you can repay your debts to society yeah like equal parts feared and respected yeah Yeah. i I, I like the idea of people saying that they'll send you there or that they might kidnap you but i also think that the actual firewatch like does not allow people unless they volunteer like it is a rule of firewatch that you like like and I think it's like part of it reminds me of like a summer camp I worked at, which like part of the agreement when you go there is that like your friend didn't pressure you or your parents didn't pressure you to do here, like you want to come to this camp kind of thing. Mm. And I think it'd be really cool if the firewatch is like like people are like, Oh yeah, like, you know, don't misbehave or I'm gonna send you there or watch out, like the firewatch is gonna kidnap you. That's how they get people. But then you show up and it's like, okay. And they ha- they have an interview <laughs> process to make sure you you yeah, are volunteering. Under duress, yeah. Not not yeah. to skip ahead, but that could be like a really interesting like story seed of like going to the Firewatch and there's just a guy who's like, "Listen, you have to help me. I have nowhere else to go. I need <laughs> to get in the Firewatch because like I have been kicked out of everywhere and this is my <laughs> last chance." But, like, I I've, I've been literally told I have to get like you could do something cool with that too. 
Yeah, well, so this is, I was reading um, a, a story on Reddit the other day that was, um, I forget which subreddit it was posted in, but it was this girl talking about the fact that like she and her mother, she was an only child. Her mother um, kind of had her because her parents like kind of forced her to have the child because they didn't believe in abortion. And so this girl was like raised by this mother who like constantly told her like, you know, um, like I didn't want you, all of this other stuff, very heartbreaking. But the girl decided to go into the military and her mother basically was like, don't, don't do that. Like, don't go into the military. Like, what if you die? What, if, like, what if P PTSD happens? Like all of this terrible stuff. And the girl's like, I want to go in. Like, I want to do this. I want to serve my country. I want to do all these things. And the mother like cut her out of her life entirely. And I kind of like the idea of like, uh, like another really interesting story. See, would be someone being like, no, I'm going to go to the firewatch mom. Like, I'm going to go there and I don't care what you say. Like, this is my choice. I'm going. And the, like the, players are hired to go bring that person back because like their parents are like no like they they they're just doing this to spite me you have to go get them back and like you know save them from from the fire watch that's forcing them to do this um or the idea of like like uh no and that being of, said, uh, rumors and scary things about the fire watch that everyone's like oh like don't trust them don't don't go near them they're gonna take you and it turns out that all of these people are going there on purpose that being said, I could see our little fantasy Australia. I didn't see if we had another name for it yet. No, um, not yet. <laughs> like I was saying, I we have other names to come up with. <laughs> I could see that being kind of like a Firewatch retirement area. Like, I Ooh. don't care if people think I'm dead. Yeah. Just, I'm just going to go here and nobody ever tells anybody or tells anybody who they saw yep. in fantasy Australia. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I like <laughs> they, they fight giant like, scorpions for the rest of their life. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, you know, uh, they retire to Fantasy Australia where they no longer have to deal with the, the dangerous fire, just less dangerous. It's like giant yeah. scorpions and yeah. uh, swarms it's, of bees that, like, eat you. It's yeah. all her all, all the way across the continent. Will, yeah. Not that my family will ever ask, but if anybody comes to looking for me, I died in the fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that would actually be a really cool term for, like, you know, like, having like died in the or uh not died yeah. but like perished in the fire is like code for like having retired oh that's but, like, interesting but like literally died in the fire is, is actually like no he's yeah yeah or even or even just like he's he's lost beyond what we can like if you know when someone goes to the the fire watch their their families are just like oh he died in the fire like because eventually that's what's going to happen because no one from the fire watch ever comes back yeah he he's he's gone to ash yeah i like that, I that. he's gone to ash I, yeah i also really like he's gone to ash Ooh. maybe that's maybe ash is like the name of the city in fantasy australia too yeah, like, yeah. that's cool. like as a joke like, but no but nobody but nobody talks of it the first rule like, about exactly ash yeah is... yeah you know it's it's probably it was a term that that came up because someone from the the like current firewatch said something to someone else who like didn't end up joining and they brought it back and now it's just a rumor that yeah. you, know, you go to ash when you when you join the fire uh, the fire watch okay so uh that was awesome thanks everybody for helping me fill that out um anybody else have uh, some politics they want to talk about or just brainstorm some stuff so i could see because eric cocker was kind of my um my wheelhouse there yes. i could honestly see them being a republican style not no Republican, Republic style excuse yeah. me, um, government. Just because the that that forest takes up so much space, it makes mm. sense that there would be different um, 
regions in it and delegates from it. But I could kind of see that. Yeah. The whole capital of it is that one. I'm trying to find the map for it here. Yeah, I did. I I didn't make a new uh, copy of the map, but I did put some of the names that we came up with in previous sessions on there. That's my job for the next like three weeks is to go through and like listen to everything again so that I can make sure uh, that we have everything collected together. Um, uh, what is it? Is it called like free, free something? Oh, the their capital city. Yeah. Uh, let's let me see if I've got it anywhere. Put it in the notes. Fredonia. <laughs> Freetopia. Freetopia. Farview. Um, Farview. Farview. Yep. You beat me. <laughs> it's because I had the notes open. So. Yeah. Cheer. Um, and I just looked at it. Uh, um, where did we want to? Did we put Wind's Edge? That whole um, cliff that overlooks one no, of the... No, we didn't, and I was thinking about that, um, because, like, there's a lot of... There's definitely space for that um, near where the Firewatch is, and... Or we could put another, like, smaller uh, kind of fire lake somewhere in the center. Um, it's really... Cool. It's kind of up to whatever, but I love that idea of them, like, having to... Like, it's a, it's a proving ground as like uh having to go having to glide like all the way back to the city mm. there's uh, that uh that like really tall peak uh just north of the salt desert yeah that could be a. I mean I, i'm aware that that is literally hundreds of miles but um that, that <laughs> but like that's like a, i mean it, it's supposed to be a, a challenge to do that yeah so and with that much fire it's feasible they could get up that high oh I don't yeah know. ride the updrafts man yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> how, how how skilled are you as a flyer? Yeah. <laughs> with your thirty foot fly speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it take a long time. But... If an Aarakocra gets a height of. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well what's the what's the delta H between the mountain? <laughs> Real question. Um, oh. But anyways, uh, thank you that for joining my one foot per. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, don't know. I like the idea of them being like kind of a more representative government where they've got all of these areas that are kind of marked out as like their their like states, and they elect people to kind of come in and be like their Congress per se. Mm. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, it, it, we don't have to go with that, obviously, but. No, I think it's that, interesting. That's just, I like, mean, the, just the image of the eagle instantly evokes that kind of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and we've also kind of talked about the fact that they're probably the most, um, like, the biggest and the, the like, kind of uh, most widespread faction, basically, because they're, yeah. they're birds. They can fly. They don't have to worry about traveling over the canopy. They can just fly to wherever they need to go. Um, rule this world yeah and so they they're they're powerful and i can see them having this like kind of egalitarian style government where they're like no like we're here for everyone and we've right. divided up this enormous like the the majority of this big northern forest into like protectorates it's and... egalitarian yes actually, yeah it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah i'm so sorry <laughs> Don't be sorry. I, like, I like the protector. I think that they should be called protectorates. I like that. Yeah. That yeah. Kind of... 
like we've taken you under under our wing yes <laughs> like this is kind of dumb but like i can just picture like you know once you cross into like their protectorates you just constantly see like like wings of Arakakra just like like flying overhead and just like <laughs> you know kind of kind of like fighter jets at an air show like oh for sure because since they're in the tallest tree they they just call the rest of the treetops their their meadow Ooh, yeah i like that yeah and they can cover more ground than anyone so squadron now I'm, now i'm just picturing like Arakakra pirates who oh. like yeah, like like, <laughs> like the outlaws that like like you know attack travelers going from place to place over the canopy because they can fly and just like dive bomb down and steal stuff and then leave. Yeah, I'd like to think that you know the Aracocras, since they're adapting so well to this and they're they're like so good at uh, at living here, like Aracocra mercenaries are a thing that you kind of have to have whenever you're you're waging war yeah. on something. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, okay, I'm still kind of on the, the pirate thing because, like, I'm just picturing that, like, you know, the they like dive below the canopy where they can't really be seen very well, and they don't necessarily like fly between the trees, but like once they're they're like they've spotted a target to like raid, then they like fly up and launch yeah. themselves toward it. Like that could be that could be really cool, kind of like um, well, like. Like, like kind of like a like a submarine raider almost with a with like a instead of like sub uh, sub canopy raiders on them. Yeah. Oh, definitely. swooping in and throwing spears at two hundred miles an hour, like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Terrifying. Uh. <laughs> oh, awesome! Oh my god, I, I, I'm sorry. I just had now in my head like the Aracocra that's like above like even even cloud level, like so you know like a couple hundred feet up, and like somebody's just like looking around, it's like got real quiet and then you just hear the sounds of like you know five or six aracocra like literally vertical dive bombing with spears <laughs> like holy crap <laughs> yes oh that's so cool use that uh, as a story idea whoever's looking yeah um all right so that's aracocra anyone else have any other uh things uh, Did we ever come up with who, who was going to live in the uh, the Redwood Range over there on the far west? Not really. So I we had mentioned that like um, like cloud farmers. I was actually thinking about that because I have this image in my head of these like enormous redwoods, which are even bigger than like standard big redwoods on our world. Oh, they're gonna be huge. like shrouded yeah. in fog, and it's just these like giant pillars of wood, like in this huge forest, and people who are underneath it like are in the dark, and there's these big pillars, and there's clouds everywhere. Um, I was looking up Cloud Forest. I love Cloud Forest. I think they're like a really cool thing. Um, but they're Cloud basically just for district. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, so... the, the redwood forest was also like the the moisture farms, right? Yeah, yeah. The the idea is that they're capturing the fog and the clouds, and um, like condensing down their their moisture into um, like potable water, basically. Pre um, Tatooine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I actually I had, a, I had an idea for a um, like a quest scene that's that not fully developed and is literally just there for like anybody that that has an idea for like what. Um, it, since since we're on the subject of the redwood, um, yeah. which is uh something something weird is happening in the, like northern tip and it's beginning to spread south, which is um. For some reason, 
the water that is coming out of these like condensers and this kind of natural process is no longer potable. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact is now kind of running red like blood. And uh, the only thing that they know is that it's it's not like some sort of like uh, algae or like moss or fungus or anything. It's just it's just literally becoming blood. Nobody knows why, and it's slowly moving south. Yes. Mm. Terrifying. Yes. Love that. Um, this actually brings up a, a good point about like moisture and everything because I was thinking also about the salt desert. Um, and I kind of want their their culture there to be a little bit like Wild West, because it's all yeah, these like absolutely. snakes and and uh, Yanti and Naga and lizard folk, and like I kind of imagine them like traveling like these salt flats, um, and having like like just just being cowboys, you know. Um, I just think that kind of would be interesting to do like kind of a Wild West theme there. So so um, not to not to jump on the tail of your sentence again, but I've actually been thinking about the politics of that if um if, if i if i may yeah go ahead um so uh I've, I've been struggling to come up with a name for town um i i definitely want it to be like three something mm -hmm. um and uh it's like i'm thinking like like three times or that but i mm -hmm. i also wanted to kind of play into that like pleasant or like paradise or like like we said that kind of like awkward um like quasi ironic choice for yeah. areas um so as you mentioned like i do kind of see them as being nomadic especially because like water and things like that are going to be very important in an area where at least for for the races that get really really um in, in an area that's basically just like a salt desert but yeah. I imagine that there has to be at least one semi-permanent or permanent, like, uh, city um, for, for if nothing else, for trade mm -hmm. uh, to go out into the, the rest of the world. Just kind of where I picture it, where it's it's labeled on the map as the Yonti. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I kind of like the idea of it being this kind of um, rotating... Uh, I can't even really say like presidency, but this kind of like rotating like like leader, mm -hmm. where um, for like a a couple of years, and again, like I haven't I haven't nailed down the number, but um, for a couple of years, like one of the like uh, not to divide it on on racial lines or one of the like districts or one of the one of the cities or, or like major mm -hmm. like nomad tribes were. Um, puts their person in as the head and then after a couple of years they step down and the next person in the rotation steps up in order to try to keep things like as uh like fair as, as possible so that like no one group gets like too much attention too much bias mm. um it's, it's kind of like the original idea there uh however uh skipping now into a like quest seed or story idea i like the idea of um the next person who is supposed to step up has gone missing, mm. uh, which has not happened. And there is talk about just skipping them, which is highly upsetting toward the people who are or to, like having their their leader in charge. Mm. Yeah, I like that. 
I like it a lot. I thought like Trouble in Paradise. Yeah. I, I feel like that, that... <laughs> There's the quest name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, do, I, I like I like that, that ironic name style for that. Yeah, for sure. Yes. <laughs> well, it's paradise to them. It's just not paradise to anyone else. Well, I um, also kind of imagine that there's like like I said, uh, it it definitely is like Yanti and like lizard folk. But I also kind of imagine that like there's definitely some like outcast dwarves, humans, probably not. Well, maybe elves actually, considering that the Death God's Lake is is right there, or Death God's Sea is right there. Yeah. But like. Definitely, like a a collaboration of like other races that are that are. I I like the idea of them being treated kind of like not as like second class citizens, but just kind of like, eh, it's fine. They'll die off anyway. There's literally no water. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Um, anyone else have any other like kind of political ideas, uh, or do we want to move on to maybe some of the weird stuff? Sure. Just on the the whole town in there, quick. I could see there being like a um, like a one well in the town that somebody's put, you know, like a well stone in that just constantly makes water, and then all of a sudden it just stops. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh someone yeah. stole the well stone. <laughs> I was also thinking about like having that like Wild West like giant water tower. Like... Oh yeah. If uh, if if there isn't a quest named "There's a snake in my boots" somewhere in there, <laughs> we have failed as GMs. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if this political system works for any of these specific places, but it's one I made up for my home game world that I really like because it fosters a lot of games. Which is basically, um, the person in charge is kind of a monarch. Um, and they are the smartest person in the society. And there is a court under them that has no political power whatsoever except to find who is the smartest person and elect them. Ooh. So, like, you'll have, like, military leaders, like, high wizards, like, um, like, guild members, like, like diff like i actually made like a, a people based on like the seven types of intelligence or whatever and mm -hmm. so like there's a group of seven people who are, who represent um the different types of intelligence and the members uh, are chosen by the rest of the members uh, uh, um when one dies or leaves and uh, they their their kind of job is to constantly search for um who is the smartest person and once they find a new person that person is now the the leader, and uh, the other person has to step down, and it's only chosen when someone else's uh, the their term is only ended when they find someone else. So the terms are very different. And it can be really fun because oh, maybe people in the court are trying to gain more power than just being members of the court, even though mm -hmm. that's not what they're supposed to. The way this was designed was because there there was what I call the fall of the many, which basically like five different apocalypses happened at the same time because <laughs> of the corruption of the like the higher ups kind of like like greek wise where there was a council that was super corrupt and like because they were all in charge of a bunch of different things that all of their things failed at the same time and it was really bad so they're like no more. We have to have a monarch in charge of anything, and he has to be the smartest person. They have to be the smartest person in the world, 
um, and we'll have a court, but we don't like councils, so we they the court can only have this power. Mm-hmm. Um, that that and, actually sounds like a really like. Well, okay, so it it sounds like it has a very interesting potential to be like this kind of like technocratic dystopia. Yeah, like well, I was really... thinking that the rat folk are kind of like um, alchemists and yeah, and I was I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah, that might be a really interesting thing to to kind of do there. Where, um, yeah, no, I I love the idea of it being like they they have to be like it like there's this like test you have to take every every few years to like determine whether or not like where you fall on this uh like hierarchy of intelligence and oh like there's so much you could do with that like yeah. someone who's like i well i tested really high on this test but i don't want to be in charge and or uh, or or like somebody who cheats too yeah like really interesting yeah like there's you could do a lot with like history in that sense where it's like oh yeah this is like the dumb king who cheated on his test and ruled us for 20 years and you know he wasn't so bad he took, but he took off the vintage until we realized he was an idiot yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that actually like so um as i kind of mentioned in capybara like um i guess primer um they haven't really been around long enough to have like have had a change in power mm. so like it would be really interesting to have like a a story seed or something where like he is either resisting stepping down or mm-hmm. like somebody then tests into like hey man like time for you to become like the new like uh el presidente de sun mountain yeah uh, oh like it's it's their first transfer of power and it's like yeah. not going well that's that's also interesting yeah. just to dig into the wild west trope maybe the council could be led by like the quote-unquote sheriff and maybe it's his job or her their job to arbitrate these kind of disputes mm. so maybe he's he's skirting his uh, somebody's skirting their duties and then the sheriff has to step in and yeah be the that one that... Be, um yeah. i forget what i called the the vine uh, i forget what i called the, the group of rangers oh hold on i've got it right here um I'm sure you the vine runners oh yeah but so yeah the, the head of the vine runners absolutely mm. be that guy would yes, they be in the desert, though? Friend uh, well, the uh, oh, yeah, Capybara are over in Sun Mountain. Not, not okay. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay, so... Um, Random idea right. for a place for a fire. Um, yes. Call it the heart of the jungle. And yeah, they just have, like, some, like, mile-wide patch of fire there somewhere. Ooh. Oh, maybe it's, like, um, maybe know. it's, uh, it's not really fire, but it's, like, lava. Like, yeah. come to oh, the okay. surface. An active volcano in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's a big lake of fire, fire, you know, like it's. That's groovy. Like, yeah. what was it? Like, what was that? Uh, what was it? Uh, there was a couple. There was Dante's Peak. Oh, that's uh, it right there. Yeah, it was Dante's Peak. There was also Volcano, which I believe starred uh, Pierce Brosnan, which took place I in thought a Dante's like, volcano. Peak starred Prince, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Dante's Peak is Pierce Brosnan, Volcano yeah. is Tommy Lee yeah. Jones. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. yeah, Tommy yeah, Lee yeah. Jones, you're right. But that was the one where a volcano is active immediately under LA. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a very with, realistic uh, movie. You, you'd love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the plate tectonics in the boat are, are, across the river oh. or the mm-hmm. pond. Yeah, yeah, and it's all acidic and it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that that was Dante's piece. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really cool. That that scene really messed me up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah uh, Same. Uh, <laughs> 
All right, so uh, I'm going to just do like a quick room reset so that uh, everyone who's joined us after the intro knows what we're doing. We are doing world building live. We're working on our final session of our arboreal world, uh, a place filled to the brim with jungles and trees and plants that have grown out of control. Um, uh, we are, let me just find my, my list of things. Um, so uh, I'm Allie. We have Brian, John, Tom, and Arthur here. Uh, talking about things and um yeah we're gonna we're gonna move on now to uh maybe some weird locations in the world that are unexplained uh, or just fun stuff before before we do that for those yeah. of you that would like to look around and see what it is we're talking about in world building general right above where we currently are uh there is a map uh that is labeled as uh for the last week's world building session and you can kind of follow along and see where we're talking just yeah. in case anybody's a little lost about where these places I'll, are. I'll even repost it. Um I actually have to head out. I thought this was at the second and fourth of each month. So I actually planned to uh uh volunteer to help run some Zoom games for some kids. So oh, yeah. uh, there is, there? I have right. to set that up. Well, thank um, you yeah. for joining us. Good having Please, you. Please, I, I will be excited to read all about what y'all have done and yeah. uh, uh, later. So yeah. uh, have fun. Bye. Right. See you later. Um, all right. So um, for for the for the weird stuff, which is just kind of what I I stuck in here as the general name for like the strange and unexplained things. Um, I have, so I was thinking about, um, you know, trees and my mind immediately went to like, um, uh, like dryads, uh, because like, you know, dryads are tied to trees and what happens when you have dryads in a world where the trees have grown out of control. Um, and so I was thinking that, um, so like dryads as we know them, um, I think are basically kind of unknown, um, and uh oh that's a good point actually um if anyone wants to like participate uh raise your hand up and we'll bring you in so you can uh -huh. uh, join us um so uh so i was thinking that like uh dryads as we kind of know them as like the the more like humanoid uh size like medium-sized creatures are probably um not there i think that maybe the the magic that caused the trees to grow out of control like affected the dryads in such a way that they are not kind of what we think they are anymore um so I was thinking that like uh, there might be because we've talked about having like kaiju or like fey that are enormous and dryads are a type of fey. So I was like, oh, maybe there's like enormous kaiju dryads that live in like the deep parts of these forests. Um, they're tied to like these enormous trees and they've they've grown in their own statue, but they're like no longer, you know, humanoid shaped or um, even just uh, like like medium-sized or human in general they're they're more like um like big tree monsters uh that can like command the trees to do things and all that kind of stuff like i imagine they they're very territorial and uh you know there could be a cool moment where like two dryads clash because their trees are grown into each other um but i thought that to kind of fill that role of um the more like uh kind of benevolent um spirits uh maybe they would be more like um anthusai which are one of my favorite nymph types from greek greek uh mythology they're they're uh, flower ni uh, naiads basically or flower nymphs um 
And so maybe like because all of the plants have kind of grown a little bit out of control now, instead of finding um, dryads that are tied to trees, you find dryad like dryads that are tied to tied to um, like like flowers or vines or other things like that. Because um, I thought that we kind of needed some more uh, welcoming spirits of nature in this world because nature itself has kind of grown so out of control. Mm. Um, but on the other side of that, I also thought it might be cool to have um, what I what I termed ash nymphs, which are uh, basically dryads that were tied to trees that died in fires. Mm. Um, and uh, so they're like endemic to the fields of fire. Um, and they are like, they have like black crackling flesh and these active glowing like coal looking things around them. They have all these fire powers. Um, instead of summoning like, you know, normal dryads can summon like animals from the forest to defend them. And I'm imagining them summoning like something kind of like a hellcat, like a, Ooh, a, yeah. a fiery like creature of nature that like just barrels through the forest. Like I'm imagining like boars um made of like uh like sticks and wood that's like glowing from the inside um and their whole deal is like their necromancers are always trying to emulate them or like get them to make packs with them because um it would it would just increase their ability to like raise the dead and animate these trees and use the fire that they're like kind of so uh intense on using uh um, I, have, I have a quick question about the flower uh naiads yes uh, do you imagine that, especially in a world like this, there would be any, like, carnivorous flower uh, dryads? Ooh, I didn't even think of that, but I love that. Yeah, because, like, we have an entire area to the south that is just tropical rainforest. That, oh, yeah. Uh, like, and uh, and the deciduous forest would be the home of, well, deciduous would be Venus flytrap style. Yeah. And, like, the rainforest would be, like, uh, Ooh, I really, I do really like that. Um, yeah, because yeah, can, they can also be, I mean, that's that's a cool thing to have, like, to be walking through the jungle and you know, be approached by this, uh, like strangling vine dryad. Um, well, I'm also, I'm also thinking, cause like, you know, part of the whole like carnivorous thing too, is the fact that like, they look, uh, very helpful. Almost. So like, yeah. you know, they just like, are constantly like, like drawing you toward a section. And then the next thing, you know, you're in a giant Venus flytrap. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Okay. I actually really like that a lot. Um, uh, not, yeah, not so take your your one like kind thing and make it fine. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's room for everything in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking, like the the fact that nature is so like kind of um, pitted against like yeah. civilization. I kind of wanted there to be someone who's like, no, like we're not all trying to eat civilization and destroy people. We're just some some of us were just forced to kind of make different packs. However, it also kind of opens up um, being able to make like a like a warlock type pact with like mm. a, a kaiju dryad. Oh, that um, would be really cool. Yeah, like thinking of kind of more of the the gameplay aspects of things. This is far um, from a comprehensive list, so there's yeah. room for all sorts of stuff here. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Plus, plus, you could do a lot with that like friction between um, like the friendly naiad and carnivorous naiad. Where like, oh yeah. People are like, no, 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 like we can we can trust these people. They're like nice naiads. And then somebody comes out and is like, I don't know, man, a naiad a lot like that just ate my brother last week. Yeah. So, <laughs> there, there's a lot of like interesting story stuff you could do with Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like that well, it's like John said, there's room for a lot of different things yeah. here. 
and we're only I cracking think, the surface of this. So I, I think the cryptid market in this world is gonna <laughs> really is really yes. gonna go off. Oh yes. Yeah, oh. I, I also had a just terrifying thought of how large a shambling mound could get. Yeah, like yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Ooh, like plant creatures must be terrifying." And so I was like, "Oh, dryads!" Oh. Like, imagine just like an enormous dryad that's like grown out of control, and like you know they're covered in bark, and yeah. they they're like you know they've got these like trees sprouting from them, and they're like pieces of the landscape. Um, like tree beard on meth. We, yeah. I, I, was, kind I of, was thinking like a like a dryad with like terrasque features, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Ooh. like kind of big and scary, but like they're like, they're fundamentally yeah. tied to like a, a specific tree. Like imagine also, having to take one down by finding their tree and cutting it down. Like we've kind yeah. of elevated dryads to like lich status, like but they're like you yeah. know they're to the flip side of the coin. They're not doing undead stuff. They're like, oh, this is my army of trees. Have fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Also, if you think about it, if you think about it, like dryad lore, they're tied to the trees. Mm -hmm. So what happens when all of a sudden those trees become mile high? You, it, you, it's almost natural to think that they would break the dryad entirely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, so that that could be a way to explain oh. why they just yeah, like that's what I was thinking. Like they're, yeah, like they're they're all like they're they're broken. Like they don't they're they're what they were and what they are is so different that like it's hard for them to really like kind of connect those so two halves of themselves. That that could be really interesting if there's like a a grove somewhere in like a lot of these these forests that are just have like regular like earth-sized trees because the dryads are trying their best to not have them grow to be like these mile-high things in order to Ooh. prevent their own insanity. Ooh, that's also cool. It takes yeah. constant effort, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, lots of lots of cool story scenes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, also on the on the subject of shambling mounds, uh another terrifying concept uh to me at least is the shambling mound that lives in the fields of fire. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys uh, toy with I'm that. Imagine, like a giant shambling mound would be really cool because don't, are, they're healed by lightning, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So imagine, oh, like, like imagine them being in like a like an area, like a like a higher area that gets a lot of thunderstorms. Like, ooh, yeah. And them being the tallest thing in the area, they might attract all the lightning. That would be cool. Um, so the other thing I was kind of thinking about with uh, kind of weirdness. Um, was uh, like how you do divination in a place like this. Uh, we didn't really talk too much about like cosmology and like the 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 world as a whole and like what might be happening outside of the world, like you know, moons and suns and stars and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was thinking that uh, like I had a couple of ideas. One of them was um, the kind of obvious one, which is fire divination, um, where you would take a bunch of different branches of different tree, like different pieces of wood from different trees and set them aflame and see which ones burn quickest and like that would be how you interpret what like what the future is going to bring um the other you could, uh, was... you could also do stuff like secondary divination off that with like spreading the ash over like a yeah. uh, like a plate and seeing like what forms yeah exactly the other the so kind of related to that was the idea that um uh these like diviners have like um like like powders at, in like quotation marks that they throw on the fire to like turn it different colors but it's all mixed up together like they just have like it's like ash and some salts and other substances that can like change the color of fire but they just 
take a handful of it all mixed together and toss it on and like look to see what what colors show up um or you know how we have those trees that have the uh the ores and minerals in them yeah, yeah. why not have like a twig or a branch or something like that be cast into the fire and whatever Ooh. They, they can almost have like magical properties to them yeah oh it's kind of like um it's like lead have you ever heard of lead divination I don't even know if that's what it's actually called, but I have not. Please explain. Basically, what you do is you um, you heat uh, lead has a very low melting point, so you mm -hmm. heat lead in like a little bowl, and then you pour it into what into cold water, and you pull out like the resulting shapes and interpret them. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking it's very like, much uh, like it's very like a like a nineteen twenties kind of deal, like very like that kind of era, but um, because the do something like that with like one of those metal trees. Like, put it on the fire until it becomes malleable, and then, like, dunk it in, like, cold water to see what shape forms of it, and that's, yeah, like... Yeah, I was, I was thinking, like, with the, like, metal tree, like, the, the, the mining trees, basically, what you can yeah. do is, as you mentioned, like, take a sprig of it and, like, throw it in the fire, and then, like, because I imagine that the veins are not entirely straight in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, you could just, like, burn away the wood and then, like, read that, like, that, like, uh... That, like, uh yeah vein of, of iron or like whatever it is like yeah. kind of something better yeah Ooh, i love that yeah i like that um, or if there's, so, yeah, have, you, have you ever seen the things where uh, people take and melt a whole bunch of aluminum and then pour them down an anthill yes i have and Ooh. uh those are fire ants the anthill is the anthill is usually abandoned for the record yeah uh, <laughs> oh, they deserve or, everything or, they or get. fire ants no they're fire, fire ants, ants. They're, they're bad ants yeah <laughs> Uh, that that's another thing too. Just like think about like the the fire ants and stuff that we. Oh God! Love it. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we, no, we really need to stop playing that. in Honey I Shrank the World. But yes. um, so uh, so the a couple so I was rating about... eight bullet ants. <laughs> right? Oh my God! Oh, terrible! Um, no, no, thank, thank you. you. Uh, I've seen Ant Man. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, so oh, I also thought it might be interesting if, like, um, in the fields of fire, like, there's, like, this weird, like, aurora that happens over the trees and the fire, and, like, people use, like, the smoke and these, like, weird kind of, um, heat mirages to, like, interpret things. I imagine the fire watch would be, like, that's one of the yeah, things that they're... That, that would be really cool, because, like, instead of, like, astrological signs, you have, like, like, heat sign. Yeah, well, that that's the, the other thing I was thinking about. So I don't know if you, if anyone knows this, but um, there's a uh, kind of apocryphal calendar um, that a lot of like Celtic pagans use that's based on a, like a lunar cycle mm -hmm. named after different trees. So my thought might be that like there's, there's this whole like, um, like it could be related to the month that you're born and like the trees that grow, but maybe there's like a, like a yeah, thing where like a certain, a certain group of people like plant a tree when a child is born and then when it grows they like interpret what they're supposed to be from like how that tree has grown like they plant a different tree based on the month that they were born in and then like you know oh this tree really thrived or oh this tree died young like what's gonna happen to you i see it like a zodiac oh my gosh you're a birch no way i'm a pine we're so <laughs> exactly that's exact it literally is like it's it's basically just astrology signs like it's i love it yeah so like that idea of like you know yeah like oh like i was born in in you know like the first month of the year so i'm a i'm a birch but like you were born in the summer and that makes you an ash and we just don't get along because you know oh I'm, I'm just she imagining such, like she the is such an Aspen. yeah 
I'm, a, I'm just like imagining like the poor sod who gets the is it is it chestnut that like poisons the ground around it? Walnuts. Walnuts. Walnut. Yeah, it's walnut. So like just just imagining like the poor sod is like, oh, you don't want to hang out with him. He's a walnut. He is absolutely yeah. destined to become a thief and murderer. Yikes. Um, uh, yeah. So um, so I thought that that would also be an interesting way that people would like kind of um, like use. Like, I, because I, I was thinking about like, oh, like the the stars probably still exist, but like, yeah, you know, like they're surrounded by trees. Like, I can only imagine that their lives are going to be focused around the things that are around them. You know? Yeah, and I mean, also okay. if they're, if they're couple kind of portals. Yeah, and if they're if they're living in that kind of like uh, intercanopy layer, um, which I imagine they would. Yeah, a lot of people may not have actually like seen the stars unless they live out on like the mountain range of the salt flats or like. The savannah yeah yeah exactly or if they've um, been to like farview yeah or uh or, or maybe like on the break or fantasy australia yes. yeah <laughs> uh speaking speaking of weird thing, I, portals. No, after, after. <laughs> I, actually if if they live on the back of the tortoise like i assume like once a year like they see stars when they when they cross the lake uh oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I, have I, a, I have a quest related to the giant tortoise that I cannot wait to tell everyone about. Uh, well, I, I have a weird thing I'd like to tell you guys about. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as we all know, um, the the Kelp Grove is a like lake that is absolutely choked with uh, with kelp, algae, and seaweed. Um, except for now, uh, more recently, a uh, one hundred uh, like foot wide hole in the center of it that just appeared out of nowhere and is now mm -hmm. utterly uh like plant free uh including about 20 feet away from the hole Ooh. good luck <laughs> that's it's just it's just a hole <laughs> yep, just just a hole i good love luck. it uh i i got this idea from like if you've ever heard of those um anaerobic holes like i want to oh, say blue holes. Yeah. yeah i, was, I yeah. literally was like is this like a blue hole because those yeah. things are really cool However, uh, whether or not it's naturally occurring or if it's uh, magical or there is some, like, say, aquatic purple worm down there, who knows? <laughs> yeah, like, interesting way to introduce, like, a, like an here's undersea a, Here's adventure. a bracket turtle. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I, I kind of also like the idea that at the bottom there somewhere is a section of dry land that now has a bunch of illithids in it. But that's mm. that's just my own personal take on this, this story. Very uh, nice. Uh, you you do what you want. <laughs> I could see for the turtles. I could see them having their own method of divination, where they kind of peel back a layer of the ground to get to the mycelium. Ooh. They live in the mushroom forest, and they kind of yes. like watch a section of it to see where the tendrils and mycelium kind of goes and points and does. Um, but I also see them constantly having to wage war against the terrifying myconids of this world yes i don't know if we talked about that no i've talked about them yet i feel like we missed them as a yeah as we a didn't race. really talk too much about them but i mean we definitely can talk about them now um i mean they're definitely weird like i they're i mean it's it's one of those things where like is do do fun are fungi plants or are they animals? Like they're animals. Where do they fall in this? <laughs> well, well, much like in real life, I think that whole area. Fungi. 
We talked about the no. brain-eating parasite uh, myconids, right? They're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, are you talking about the zombie um, one that takes ants to the things that like they don't? Want? Yeah, but um, in this world, you know, it it affects all sentient creatures. You know, obviously, like, yeah. If you get infected, so there are it's like an army of these things running around somewhere. You know. Yeah. Oh man, that would be. Well, for anybody who wants to run the zombie apocalypse game, uh, there you go. Um, yeah, it's got to be in the turtle land. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, fungi um, zombies would be so much fun. They would be. Especially because, like, you know, rather than being bitten, just, like, every time you kill one and it erupts into, like, those giant spore clouds. Spores, yeah. I dealt with oh, this in yeah. one of my campaigns where the spores themselves were super flammable. So if, you were, if you were to kill one, it would release a cloud of spores and it would have a chance to, to do deleterious things to you. But if you use fire around it, it would just flash boom. You know, it would be like a... a <laughs> an explosion and <laughs> if you killed a lot of them it could get very very interesting just cascading yes. explosions i think if anybody ever runs a section in that that mushroom forest it has to be the most avatar most alien looking world oh yeah part of this entire thing definitely so I, I just think that's cool it's yeah i i just i love that no no blue people no, oh. no, but turtles. Yes. Turtles uh, who are just constantly tripping on these mushrooms just yes. by living there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought at first you meant like physically falling over, and I was like, how small are these no. mushrooms? No. no. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're their entire culture is built around like pizza and getting high, you know? <laughs> <They're>... Yeah. <laughs> They are, they are on the, yes. the coast. Yes, they, they surf. Everybody sounds like that turtle from Nemo. Yes. Or, yeah. Actually, all I can think of now is like 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, Damn it. That was the quest I had. Stop stop what? clapping my twist. No, no, okay, no. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll stop clapping your fear, twist. Fear and loathing. <laughs> In Turtle Vegas. There's, yes. there's bats. There, uh, that's bat country. <laughs> uh, all right anyone else have any like other weird stuff we want to talk oh about? yeah i was i was gone for some of that because i was helping my kid with something yes. but um oh, yeah, no uh, i, I want to kind of populate the frozen north with like a, a sort of apex predator mm. um i've got like a combination phoenix owlbear variant mm -hmm. uh called the ulsarix which is like more it's like a it's like a phoenix slash owlbear but it's more um themed upon what uh we believe is a pulsar you know um oh yeah like fast turning lots of magnetism lots of radiation Ooh. so these these owlbears kind of have like a blue glow about them they live solitary lives and uh they mostly function by eating meat and soaking up starlight and the like the aurora borealis of this Ooh. world and um, <clears throat> when they die, you know, they, they turn to ash that's so black that no light can escape, sort of uh, sort of invoking the image of a black hole. But mm. as they absorb starlight from, like, they, they try to die in open air. And when they absorb starlight, they, they come back as, you know, themselves again. Oh, so, I, I love that. And it has to do with one with the quest I, I had in mind for the world as well. We'll, we'll get into that later. But yeah. I I wanted to play with the theme of the phoenix, you know, where the phoenix is modeled off of our sun and yeah. and fire and such. But these guys are more the 
the cold blue uh, terrifying nature of of pulsars in in deep space yeah that's really i love the idea that they like kind of collapse into like a black hole mm. and and have to absorb light to like come back i that's really cool it's like a polar bear a polar owl bear yeah <laughs> i mean every every fantasy world needs at least one owl bear it's true and that really kind of elevates the owlbears from like a, a like little dinky thing into something a lot more like scary and big. Yeah, they're like they're that. poison to be around for living things. They, yeah, they live solitary yeah. lives. Radiation. I love it. Anything else before we move on to uh, quest scenes and things like that? Okay. Well, I'm gonna go first because I. I have a quest called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Um, uh, in it, uh, an adolescent turtle monk uh, has reached the age where she can take her first journey on the Great Tur uh, Turtle, um, with the idea that they uh, part of their their like coming of age ceremony is riding on the back of the turtle as it crosses through everything, and then getting off when you reach home again. Um, so uh so she's she's on this uh this turtle and she's having a great time until the turtle leaves the mushroom forest and she finds that without these uh th these mushrooms that are mostly poisonous to every other living creature uh except for the turtles that live there she's growing sick and weak and um doesn't really know what to do she's never been outside of the the forest before and as far as she knows other people don't really have this problem um other turtles at least so um she uh she flags down the players and is basically like hey i'm too weak to do it anymore but can you climb under can you grab onto the turtle climb onto its belly and pull off some of these very specific mushrooms that grow under the the like on the the lower half of the the turtle and bring them back to me so that i i can survive the rest of the journey um so the the twists that i have listed are um the party has to fight a group of giant centaurs that are um using the turtle as like part of their own maturity ceremony uh they've already taken all of the mushrooms that this turtle needs and you have to basically steal them back from the centaurs and make sure that you don't lose the turtle in the process um uh maybe this the particular mushrooms that the uh that they're looking for were dislodged off of the turtle because it passed over like part of the canopy that kind of scraped them off and they have to go back and find it in time to save the the turtle stuck on there or um the turtle fell off the back of the turtle when they got sick and now needs their help to not only get their the mushrooms that will keep them safe but get get her back onto the turtle um because otherwise she'll fail her maturity journey and have to try again in you know 50 years because turtles live forever um so yeah so that's my that's my thought I know it's a little dumb, but I, I personally, I, I, I'm thinking of, I was like, of oh, conflict points during this. Like, so you guys are going to be following the giant turtle that goes around like the, our little Mediterranean over there. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this, this could have, it goes through a, a few different biomes and the sea continues to be like a major thing. So like yeah. it, it could have the opportunity to have so many complications that have to deal with a bunch of different places. Yeah. So it's got, yeah. it's like, got a lot of potential. Like, yeah, you could, you found them in the jungle. You found them in like that, that more like deciduous forest. Um, 
I you, also, you could also make that like a very like slow burning quest to kind of like, you know, like you, you run into them like on the turtle for like any number of reasons, but like yeah. as they're going around, they're getting sicker and sicker. Yeah. And like, you're just like doing other quests until eventually she's like, Hey, yo, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm dying. I need you to get me my pills that I stored on the bottom of the turtle. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that <laughs> idea that, cause I kind of like the idea of like a turtle who like can't live outside of the mushroom forest. That's a really interesting idea. Everything yeah. like that's, that's her problem is that like, you know she she's so used to it that it's like it's almost like she has like reverse asthma a symbiotic uh, like a symbiotic relationship with the yeah planet. exactly yeah um but yeah so i thought that There's, might be an interesting kind of way to do it and you get to go by the giant island of ducks which i'm into is, yes yep this giant turtle is nothing but a quest generator like, exactly yeah. You, if, yeah if you're in that deciduous forest and it's coming straight out of the the mycotid and fungus land you would have to stop all of whatever spores it brings with it because mm -hmm. they could be constantly trying to keep those mushrooms at bay yeah well that i was thinking about that that like the the turtle like the tortoise tortoise ugh, probably <laughs> brings spores all over the other areas of the world so like having to fight back those things that could, like could potentially take over and just destroy whole areas of the forest um it with like poisonous mushrooms i thought would also be an interesting kind of aspect of it um i had another quest that's kind of a little bit uh more traditional um like D, &D slash high fantasy which is um uh the one of the enclaves of the high elves lost contact with their counterparts that live beneath the canopy so the wood elves that courier things back and forth and the the dark elves that um handle like the actual burial and um kind of uh returning them to the earth um so they're contacted they contact the players to say hey you need to can you go down there and see what's happening because every scout that we send down there like doesn't come back and we're running out of scouts um but you guys are like more powerful and maybe you can do it um and basically once they get down there they see that like the place is covered in giant spider webs and um like they find the bodies of like trapped elves that are that have been like kind of wrapped up in these things, um, and uh, I I I know I laughed there, but I just I just love the idea of like, well, we're running out of people to send. <laughs> we're running out of people to send down there. Yeah, well, you know, it's that that would happen. Um, these uncles yeah. are supposed to be small anyway. Um, so uh, they find so as they're like kind of exploring down there, they find an elf that's like still alive, and that that dark elf is basically like, hey. Uh, a bunch of these spiders came into like our place and they've been taking people and bodies. Um, and so they follow the spiders back to um, a, a dark elven druid who is uh, experimenting with uh, these dead bodies in trying to like um, encourage certain uh, like tree growths or, or, you know, destroy other things. And he, he has a whole bunch of giant spiders that he's using to um, like, capture these people and take them back and like experiment on them um i thought it'd be fun because uh dark elves are often associated with spiders and because we specifically said in this world they're like not really with spiders they're more with like moths and more like um they're not like dark evil they're more just like dark shadow um so i kind of like the idea of like there being a, a dark elf druid who's like i will fix everything and to do that i need lots of bodies uh, <laughs> 
and like they yeah. they've taken these spiders because spiders are like apex predators and they're just they're very powerful. Um, uh, that actually has a lot of like thing connotations for like how do, how do the older races or like the longer lived races change, especially when like there might still be people who are like here who remember the time before. Yeah, and like, well, yeah, like you know the. Will, the idea of will the that well, yeah, and like, will that person go nuts trying to be like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to fix it by any means necessary. Like, yeah, you can do, you can do a lot of like different that. Yeah, yeah, and like, so I kind of I didn't really go into like, oh, like what's actually like the problem here, but I thought the that it would be an interesting kind of like gray area quest to have to figure out like, well, maybe this guy is actually doing something good, but like he's taking all of these bodies and like these people. Like their their family members did not consent to them for them to be experiments. Uh, they were just supposed to be like you know feed the trees down here, um, and now they're being like t like opened up and like used to grow like different plants. And maybe that's not what needs to happen, but maybe he's actually doing a good job and he's fixing something. Um, I thought it'd be an interesting little story. You, you could also do a lot of the like uh, the the kind of tropish like we're not so different, you and I. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, exactly. I, like it it could be like a lot of fun with. Yeah. Um, I also like kind of like the idea of a a giant moth being caught in the web of a giant spider, and like, mm. that's the first thing they see, and it's just like oh, something very bad has gone has happened here. All right. Any any other quests? Um, I could see. Uh, am I having microphone issues? Can you guys hear me? All right. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, a little bit of static again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like your cord is loose. Uh, I'm gone. Right. No, I'm back. You're no, back. You're back. You're back okay. I could see things like I'm just not going to move. Um, I could see things like um, manticores and griffins and other would have been apex predators, but now are just cold-blooded killers of yeah. trees. Yeah. So I could be, I, I could see um, a lot of the deciduous and conifer forests having major issues and quests to keep those populations down. Yeah. And um, part of me sees uh, for the savanna there to the west of the salt flats. Yeah. I I could see. Like displacer beasts flavored as like lion prides. Ooh. Different like variants that. on them too. Like yeah. cheetah, cheetah displacers. Oh, oh my god, that's they're, awesome. they're a lot faster than you. Yeah. <laughs> Dog hyenas. Oh Sorry. yeah. But those knolls, like feral knoll yeah. packs. Ooh. Uh, now I'm just imagining like a bunch of knolls that have domesticated these like blink hyenas and are like riding them. Oh god, that would be like <laughs> they're just like they're these huge bands that just appear out of nowhere lightning quick just like descend on you and then are gone. Just... I, I could I love displacer beasts. There's probably some of my favorite monsters in Oh, displacer beasts are so much fun. I could like hi, like hybrid displacer beasts that have wings in the jungle. Ooh. Uh I won't lie, um, I am a I'm a huge fan of uh both displacer beasts and blink dogs. Yes. But... Yeah. As as Ali will tell you, uh, one of my one of my players in our Sunday game has a pet blink. Yes, uh, he worships the god of murder, and it's great. But that's not important. <laughs> um, no, I, I was also looking at just part of the parts of the map that we haven't touched on today. Yeah, the whole bram the whole bramble forest. I could see that being populated with things like 
gorgons and cockatrice and just the the real hard tack armored bird like or you you know what i'm saying like yeah just just the monsters that you you already wouldn't want to meet in a back alley somewhere but they're here and they've adapted and like everything every monster that's there has an automatic plus one or plus two to their ac yeah yeah because they live in this place that's just literally spikes all the way down so I could see, I I could see some major issues with the the borders of that area. Oh yeah, oh I love that. Yeah, that's a good way to use like that. That that bramble forest area I think is just like the toughest, most dangerous place. Oh yeah. Like it's worse than fantasy Australia. It's you just you've <laughs> got to be really prepared to go there. And you don't. You're never prepared. Yeah, exactly. Um, Are you telling me that it's the most rootinous, tootinous? Uh, you see next no. to the salt sea. Um, no, oh no. It's, <laughs> it's like, I imagine it like, um, oh, I'm trying to think of like, it's just, it's just, it's just bad. Like, there's just it's so much. Nothing, it's nothing dangerous. good. dangerous. Like, I imagine that there's like, um, like everything is just strangled by these big, uh, like briars. Like, imagine just yeah. trying to cut your way through that. Like, and they're not even like, oh, it's just briars. We can just clip them. Like, no, like, they're like, made of basically iron like they're just you don't want to go in there it's all it razor be something very specific yeah i mean like i personally like i'm i'm thinking about um an area down there that's you know like imagine like a a actual like thistle or something that is just like huge and yeah like thistles like all the like like uh parasitic plants all the ones that are like every uh, uh, stinging nettles and like mm-hmm. the um, what's the one where it has the the one is it the gumpy gumpy that is like the one that like literally like if you touch it you want to like cut off your hand. Oh, there's um. Oh. Uh, what are they? It's like um. It's 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 some sort of. It's related to carrot. Um. Well, the one I'm thinking about. is is I don't believe related to the carrot, but it is. Uh, I think it's from Australia. Uh, of course, it is, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Giant hogweed. Giant hogweed. That's oh, what okay. I'm yeah. Um, that that is but like any that... of any of those things where you touch it and it just creates that inflammation response. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah giant hogweed is is awesome and terrifying because like it looks so it it just coats your skin with this thing that makes you basically allergic to the sun. Oh, so like you you like you get these horrific like third degree sunburns if you're out in the sun for like ten minutes if it's still on you and it's like it's kind of like um like uh like poison ivy where it's it's like the oils that get on you so like oh yeah 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 incredibly dangerous but it's also like incredibly yes razor vine yes uh yeah kudzu kudzu. That's the other thing I was thinking of. I could, At least you can eat kudzu. I could see something like... Yeah. Like razor vine. It's like literal razors just yes. all over the place. Like, like good, good luck. <laughs> and you can't burn it. You can't cut it. You need Narakakra. So I'd like to imagine, yeah. like, the place has a lot of legends surrounding it, right? But there's one very powerful hag that lives in the middle of the whole thing. And yeah. she's said to oh, like yeah. grant wishes or make deals with people that are desperate. And people go into the bramble, uh, the bramble forest, like 
to seek this person out, like the truly desperate and destitute folks, like mm -hmm. make treks in there and they don't come back. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Or if they do, the they're probably a super villain like. now. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that. Um, where else have we not touched on here? Was well, I've got a quest means... that I had in mind for. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah my my you. big thing was the dwarves, right? Yes. This one's called Light Up the Darkness. Um, <laughs> so the dwarves, the dwarf priests in one of the cities, uh, they want to strike a blow at the thing that's taken control of Split Peak. If you don't remember the the peak, uh, used to be called Fathom before the the, the uh, cataclysm split it in half. Mm -hmm. and exposed the gloom to sunlight for the first time ever and it awakens something very mysterious and dark in the deep right and whatever it is uh it wiped out the entire population of of split peak so mm -hmm. uh the dwarves don't want to spread this around but whatever it, it is that lives there now is expanding its influence nothing lives around the mountain anymore so they essentially want to nuke it from orbit so they're they're <laughs> sending the party to the frozen north to obtain Ulsarek's ashes, like the uh, the pulsar themed owl bears that I was talking yeah. about. So they they need them to slay in Ulsarek's, keep the ashes uh, out of sunlight, like put it in a pouch, like a very specially sealed pouch, mm -hmm. and then take it to Split Peak and drop it into the shaft where they've they think the thing dwells, and essentially let the thing become reborn as it's, as it's exposed to, exposed to starlight every night and essentially nuke the whole place and oh. start anew. I love that. That's like, that's that is, you can build a whole campaign about that. That, that is also just short-sighted enough to be like absolutely <laughs> devastating in the long run. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a dwarf thing. Like if we can't yeah. have it, nobody has it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. So we're we're closing in on our hour and a half usual time. Uh, anyone have any uh, final thoughts to add? Uh, actually, uh, I, I did have a I did have another quest, yeah. uh, which was uh, for the Capybara, because okay. I love them. We all um, have our favorites. <laughs> yes. Um, which is the, the Vine Runners approach you because um, will approach the PCs because uh, some of their shipments have gone missing. Um, and because, uh, as I mentioned before, they're, they're alchemists and, like, like tradesmen, and, like, they kind of have these, uh, 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 sky highways, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of, like, the best way I can. But, uh, so a couple of their shipments have gone missing. And they know that they haven't gone, like, they haven't actually arrived. So your job is to basically escort one of these shipments uh from sun mountain to its destination uh mm -hmm. and try to figure out what is happening um like some of the the ideas that i have that um as we kind of mentioned before like one of the carnivorous dryads is doing something that has laid a trap for for the because you know like if their their shipments being escorted that's like you know 10 people that are just ripe for the bucket whereas like one or two persons might not be that that enticing um some of the other ideas that that i had were um they happened to get caught in, like some of the rival uh kaiju centaurs and they're just getting caught in the crossfire um you know like really 
like it seems like such a such a small quest that I really like the idea of like it being like something like absolutely gigantic. Um, mm-hmm. But really, I mean, it's th- those are just the two that I had like kind of uh, spitballed as far as like you know starting ideas. Really, like anything there mm-hmm. uh, could be fun. Uh, another idea that I had was uh, the there's a person who has this this crazy idea of initiating trade with cobalts uh, and the ducks, mm-hmm. but they keep murdering each other. So your job is to go in there and strike a peace agreement between two ancient feuding cultures. Oh, I love uh, it. <laughs> I, granted, I have nothing aside from the springboard for that one. So that one's entirely up to you. Yes. That's great. Oh, I desperately want murder ducks. I really just feel yes. like I really just feel like this world, even in, you know, five sessions, is it really has built itself to cater to extremes. Yeah. So think of whatever is the biggest baddest worst case scenario that you could think of this, that a party would have to deal with it's here it's somewhere yes. here exactly so just pick an area think of what trope you want to deal with and then just take it to the absolute most horrific extreme again oh yeah um, yes like i it's like the purple worms in the desert or yeah the I mean, yeah we didn't we didn't even touch on the uh totally not ripped from uh uh tremors yeah, uh, we, don't have to, we don't have to talk about that. It's okay. It's totally our idea. Yeah, yeah. Please don't steal. You know, some ancient fire dragon that has taken up, you know, residence in the lake of fire, or oh yeah, like there's so many know, options. Like just to giant spiders that have cr- started to create webs all over the redwood forest, or mm-hmm. just I don't know. It, I I I love this world that we've we've. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely want to do something like really epic with it. Um, yeah, and and just kind of like like I mean, Ali will tell you that I am always a huge fan of like uh, plot lines that start off small and like you know like you know for example, uh, go see why the gnolls are attacking the centaurs in in our Sunday game that end up mm-hmm. like being oh yeah the reason why they're doing it is because somebody is literally trying to destroy the world. Yeah, uh, like I, I kind of love those those like plot lines that start off small and then lead to like you know, they just exactly snowball. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I find also always makes like the best campaign story because you're like, okay, so it all started with this knoll, and then the yeah. next thing you're talking about how like you have a spaceship in space armed with like thermonuclear weapons, but. Yes. Um, yeah, it's great. It's it's awesome. It, it's really a world that. I think benefits from just ex- like ex- thinking extreme thinking yeah. like what's the craziest thing you can think of okay like turn that up to 11 and like that's yeah. what this world is mm-hmm. um, and there's so many different borders between mm-hmm. these extreme yeah. environments that those instantly become crisis points and clash points yeah, yeah. and and like the other thing too is like there's so much friction uh, especially in this world, like appearances and how things are and what's expected, that like mm-hmm. you can you can really play a lot with. Stuff. Yeah, it's cool. We did a good job. When in doubt, ask, <laughs> ask an eagle. Uh, yes, with this brain exactly. trust, how are we going to do bad? Type of pat on the back. <laughs> Remember, capybara, our friendship. Uh, yes. <laughs> I can't wait to see what we do next. Yeah. Um, all right. So so let's wrap it up. Uh, actually, so the final thing we need to talk about, actually, before we wrap it up, what are we going to so call this world? <laughs> that would also be really fun. Um, what are we going to name this world? 
That's a good question. I, you know, like having, um, having kind of like looked at it now, I, I almost feel like Kudzu would be a good name for this world because like Kudzu grows out of control and overtakes everything. Like it's, it's actually like very, it smothers all other things so that it can grow. And I kind of, I kind of like the idea of that. Yeah, I, I also want to do something with like Arbor or um, yeah, that's the other uh, the, the like other thing fine. I was thinking of. Um, my um, verdancy might be another. Ooh, I like that. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, my idea was way worse. Like that... <laughs> I was gonna call it Gaiju. <laughs> <laughs> oh! I was combining Gaia with the. the... I, yeah, I see where you're going with that, and, yeah. uh, and I love it. Um, that's that's also it, pretty great. A bit of a different tone. Let's not do that. <laughs> uh, like you could do like could or well, I can always put together like a poll. What's that? Kudverbor, like K-U-V-E-R-B-O-R. We should absolutely like set this out on Twitter and be like, hey, like please. Yeah, like I can make like a little poll to just like a like a straw poll to um vote on a name and then you know everyone can vote on it. Um well the world just went yeah. through like a cataclysm. We could call it new something or another. Like Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new new X. I like that. Uh okay, cool. Well we'll 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 discuss it offline, I guess. Um okay. all right, so uh Don't thanks everyone you. for joining us. Uh we're the Mastermind GMs. Uh and Tom um, and Tom, yes. Mastermind GMs and Tom. Um who is a GM? Just not a mastermind GM. He's our yes. uh, resident werewolf. Um, uh, you can hire us to run games for you. So uh, contact our adventure specialist, Kaylee. Uh, she's here in this Discord. Or uh, you can uh, find her uh, email and other contact info on our website, mastermindadventures.com. Um, we have a lot of different games and a lot of different things on order. And uh, we would love to run games for you. So let's do that. Um, our next session, which is our one-shot lightning round, uh, will be on February 21st at 5 p.m. Uh, same place. Uh, it might be taking place not in a stage channel, but in a regular voice channel, because I'm not sure if we're going to need like a screen for people to see. But um, we're going to be doing like a one-shot, uh, either a quick build-a-world out or um, work on, uh, like, like play a, a world-building game, something like that. We'll discuss it. If you have any ideas or anything like that you want to see us do, let us know. Um, Schedule permitting, uh, we should have a PDF summary of this world ready to go in the next few weeks. Um, I have to go over some of our previous sessions, make sure I didn't miss anything in my notes. Um, and I'm probably going to just put it up on GM Binder and print out a PDF for everyone to use. Um, if you have anything you want to add in, uh, speaking to our panel here or anyone else out there, uh, just let me know. Um, you can email me at ally at mastermindadventures.com or um, put it here in our Discord. Thank you.